Danny. And I'm Damika. And we are biracial unicorns. The Minnesota. Minnesota time. Mm, there's a certain kind of person who just waits for fall mm. in August. They they just want it. They crave it. They need it in, in their lives. And I feel like we're both one of those people. I have mixed feelings. I like summer. I like warm weather. I like being warm. But I love, I love fall. Mm-hmm. So I have mixed feelings about it. Winter and spring, yeah, I could take I'm, or leave. No, no, but. no. Especially <laughs> coming from Albuquerque, like I hear spring is lovely, but between being in England, it's just it's just monsoon season, and then living in Albuquerque, where it's just like you'll get caught up in a dust devil. And if you've never been in a dirt tornado, you have never lived, or you've never gotten dirt burns on the back of your calves as a child in the playground. So look that up. <laughs> yeah, I just the allergies the allergies alone I can't handle spring but yes fall autumn oh, that sounds sweaters scarves too bad global warming is a thing and <laughs> autumn doesn't really exist anymore autumn is a construct <laughs> of orange and black cats and scary movies so we're not we're not gonna give anything away of what we're gonna be doing. In October, but, but because I just can't give, I'm just so excited. I've decided that this mini-sode, it's going to be a little bit of a, like a little sneak peek of what we might be doing in October and a little nostalgic and literary. Mm-hmm. So I want to take you back to our childhood, Danny, back to okay. the eighties, which is a good time for literature. And I want to talk about what you and I probably read to ourselves as we slept. And that was the famous book, yes, Scary yes, Stories yes, to Tell yes, in the yes, Dark. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, please, say the words, say the words, 10 minutes. Uh, so, Danny, for those who might not be familiar, as th- these childrens might think it's a movie, but will you please school these youngins, or to the people who might not have had that as their bedtime story? <laughs> yeah. Those those books, these these collections of short stories were scary stories. And I think, you know, they were largely like very much urban legend sort of stories. There was some supernatural element to a lot of them. But what was really the thing that made them nightmare fodder was the illustrations. Mm. And evidently the this is a whole illustration. This is a whole thing that I found out fairly recently was they re-released those books with different illustrations, evidently. Yes. And then people were so upset. And by people, <laughs> I mean millennials, our generation, <laughs> were so upset that they, <laughs> that they did that. They ended up re-re-releasing with the original <laughs> illustrations. Because that's what made it. Like, I can close my yes. eyes and see those, like, corpses yes. with the stringy hair. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yes. Like, these illustrations were in these hues of, like, black, white, and gray. And they had these elongated lines and shadowing. It just, the murky. It's, it's funny now because I think about what's the one. Uh, what, what's the one scary movie where it's a girl in the well with the hair? Oh, The Ringed. Yeah, the ring where they have like the stringy, long, it's mm-hmm. more shadows. It's more what you don't see than more what you do see. What was the one guy? Was it it's one about the, something of oh, the big toe 
there's a start mm-hmm. with a big toe and there's like this gross kind of yeah I toe. can see it yeah, I can exactly. see it in my mind's eye it's just so come. good yes exactly and the thing is they were actually fairly simplistic that's the thing mm-hmm. you're not going into like graphic novel kind of in depth like I said they're just really playing with simplistic lines especially if they drew people it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of like Shel Silverstein a little bit of that illustration mm. where these lack of concept of spatial awareness and size and that haphazardness and they're using the whiteness of the page to give it that kind of eeriness to it but girl so good isn't like middle school libraries they were and of course you said there was over oh my gosh and they were always checked out and like you hit the gold if you were able to get it on library day if it was actually there oh so good do you so like danny said it's like a collection of stories and they had three volumes, I think. They had... Scary I, I, Stories to Tell in the Dark, more Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, mm-hmm. even more Scary Stories to yeah, Tell in the Dark. here we go. Oh, maybe? Scary Stories 3, more tales to chill your bones. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, my bones. <laughs> my bones were always creepy. And the thing is, they were fairly short, and they weren't hectic crazy to read but i think especially for me who struggled at first with reading because it was kind of like goosebumps where they're so vivacious but because they were also short stories you had that feeling of accomplishment and trying to get that through Mm -hmm. but this is like like we talked about before with unsolved mysteries this laid the groundwork for some of that love for horror and uh, creepiness and quirkiness as well i remember one of the stories was the viper the oh uh, yeah yeah like it's I so came good. to vipe your the windows. windows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it had that quirkiness to it, but it's like it's literally stories you would kind of tell around the campfire and you would you would mem- like mesmerize and it's just I don't it's more nostalgic than scary now, but let me tell you that they did creep you out a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. The one that sticks with me the most, and this is kind of cheating because it's not actually from that collection, but mm. it's from it was the same same author, but different collection. I should look it up. But my favorite, the one that I always think about, is The Green Ribbon. Do you remember this one? Oh, no. It's, it's a story of a, a woman who, or a girl, who falls in love with a guy, a boy. And they, they get married. And she always wears, like, this green... <gasps> ribbon as a choker around her neck Mm -hmm. and she's like if we get married the one thing you need to know is that you can never i will never take off this ribbon you can never take off this ribbon and then it's like finally they they grow up they have like wonderful life together and then like on her deathbed she's like okay you can take off the ribbon and then he unties it and her head rolls off. Yes, <laughs> yes. I just love it. I love it, that I was story. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember I remember the illustration of yeah. the head. Yes, right? And that's <laughs> yes. the thing. I feel like it's so, so, so heavily reliant on these illustrations. Like the illustrations more than the stories mm-hmm. are what stuck with me. And I think having like you said they're very simple stories so having that foundation of a simple story combined with like the very strong imagery in my head like they've become these very like fully fleshed out huge stories even though they were like four pages long or something you know and it's the definition of macabre like that was Mm -hmm. probably when we talk about like yeah it's 
science, it's mystery, it's, you know, urban legends, but it's like in that world of the absurdity and the macabre where it's just, this is just one version of it and like the babysitters and, and, the, and the man upstairs of where it takes those everyday horrors and makes it so real and tangible. And you're so right. Mm-hmm. It becomes these all like iconic characters. And I don't know, I think especially now where I feel like kids threshold for things that are scary or way higher, I think. And maybe that's just yeah. my personal opinion. This is just a really good one. If you know, you want to kind of all curl around. It's to me, made to be read out loud, I think. Yeah, yeah. I And I think you're right. You you mentioned earlier campfire stories mm-hmm. and very much, yes, these all feel like campfire stories. Like, I want to eat s'mores. Yes! I wanna, like, all the things, right? Mm-hmm. I did just look it up that okay. the green ribbon was from the collection In a Dark, Dark Room and Other Ooh. Scary Stories, which is the same author. Alvin Schwartz, mm. but it wasn't. It wasn't officially a scary stories to tell in the dark. <laughs> but no, mad love for it. So did you? Did you see the movie that came out that was based upon the book? No, I heard about it, and actually, I have a, a friend who he is obsessed with these books, and oh, I really should have gone to see it with him. Like he has. His, a whole sleeve that no. is just based off of the artwork from these books. Yeah. Snap. That is amazing. So, so good. That That's stunning. That's flippin' brilliant. I'm just sharing with you an image of <laughs> the girl with the green <laughs> yes! ribbon. Sorry. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because it's all the nostalgia. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, it's all. And it's all coming back to me. Like, and that's the thing is like what I think is so beautiful is that we get to like tickle that nostalgia bone and it is just oh <laughs> yes that's the one with, with the, the black cat, cat. Yes! There's a, so there's a black, black cat, cat staring at this dismembered head rolling yes. on the ground is so good <laughs> but but still beautiful I think that's the thing is that we're talking about how creepy and eerie but there's still such a beauty in this this macabre this kind of genre and i don't i i live i think it's freaking great i think that's what makes a classic because i didn't know it had been you know in the early 80s where these were actually published and i Mm. think they still hold up and there's still something so timeless and i think there's part of us we talk about you know it's exciting to be a little scared i think they do such a good job of not glamorizing it but it's these like a little bit of cautionary, a little bit of history. It's a, oh, uh, it's a little allure, and I'm I'm for it, absolutely yeah. for it. <laughs> what's what's your you you've mentioned a couple already, the Viper and the Big Toe, but what's your your favorite or the Ooh. one that resonates or comes to mind? I think there was because there's the man's brain, so I had like the massive list. I'm like, okay, that one was really really good. There's high beams. I think, actually, I know it's mm. crazy. The high beams is really good because I think that one is also one of those stories that gets retold. Urban legend status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's the one that really resonates the most with me because it's something, the stories that gave me the most are the ones that could be kind of based upon truth a little bit. Mm. So the, the reason. The hook? Why, yeah, the hook one, exactly. The one, the reason why the babysitter one kind of hit me because I watched my brothers and sisters a lot from a fairly young age. And for me, mm. there was already like set in my mind of like, don't, you don't even like go to the windows, you lock the doors. And there was just that, that vulnerability, I think, 
as children, they talk about the construct of that story of why it's not a male watching it, why it's not for siblings. It's this young girl kind of coming in and go, stop that. There we go. And does that make sense? The same thing with like high beams. You're on a kind of like out on the road and being on the road is a very vulnerable place to be. And you already have all these dangers of driving and you're already told of what that means. If someone flashes you, you just, you're supposed to just go. So the stories are always were based a little bit of like, Oh, they could have been true. Those always mm. like n- not mess with me, but those are the ones I recall. And I can see like the eerie headlights in, in the fog uh, of that and feel the texture. And you can see, Ooh, it's an eerie, hot, oppressive night in it but it's also chills to your bone it's just ah ah so good so good (laughs) now i need to i don't own them i used to and i think i donated a bunch of books when i moved apartments ages ago now i'm like oh i think i need that in my life yeah i i mean they would be good to own i feel like i should too i think you're right the ones that are very urban legendy and sound like they could be real those are scary for a logical person i didn't find them scary but maybe i should have but like, <laughs> the ones that i thought were like the best were like the real gross ones. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're the um, gross one yeah so the red spot do you uh. remember that one Yes, it was. There's like a red red pimple pimple. growing on your face, and then it was like a bunch of baby spiders came out of it. Mm -hmm. That's really gross. Or I think the grossest one was the one about the scarecrow. Do you remember that one? What was that one? Okay, so there's like a scarecrow, and there's a couple of farmers, Mm -hmm. and the farmers are like, name the scarecrow after another farmer who they don't like, and (gasps) then they're like real nasty to this this scarecrow, like kicking it, hitting it, like treating it real bad. But then like, as the story goes on, the scarecrow becomes sentient somehow Mm. i guess like all that emotion directed towards the scarecrow and so he becomes like a living terrible thing and then he at the very end he skins the farmers (laughs) leaves their bodies out real gross yeah like like appropriate for a child yeah like a scarecrow right like he leaves them like onto okay yes 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 time is not damaged all my brain cells but there are some really super duper gross ones i think like the ghost with the bloody fingers but once again because they're short it's not just on drawn one where it's just super mm. does that make sense where it's just like that kind of that shock and awe and then you kind of it's over yeah so swipe swipe they're they're hung up like a scarecrow a skin crow and they're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the i'm looking at the illustrations now they're so good they're so gross mm-hmm. but like i said there's such an eeriness and so Everyone should go check that out. You should go, especially if you are a horror, mystery, macabre fan, or if you're like us, you grew up with them, you should let us know what your favorite story is. Yeah. And go go get that book, on it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, what a good one. I hadn't thought about... Okay, so that's not entirely true, but I was going to say I haven't thought about it in years, but actually, this summer at work, we did a a storytelling <gasps> class as part of oh. our, our summer camp. And Perfect. one of the the things at the end, final Zoom call with all these kids, a kid like read a story from Scary Stories to yes! Tell in the Dark um, Mill- as their storytelling thing. Millennial so parents. 
Oh, millennial parents doing and it right. <laughs> he he read two stories, and one of the two was the Viper because he liked that one because it was funny. Yeah. So. See, thank you. You got to like horror is also hilarious. So ah, yes, feeling it. That made my whole day. I'm so glad. All right, yeah. All right, y'all. <laughs> Let us know what mm. your favorite scary story to tell in the dark is. Evidently, there's 82 stories in the collections. So. Oh. Plenty to choose from. Yes, yes, yes. We'll be back next week with a full episode and Mm -hmm. in two weeks with another mini-sode. So pumped. (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace. Out.